Hey, beautiful people. My name's Taylor, also known as Priceless Tay. And I'm your co-host, Teddy Rosario. We want to welcome you back to What the Finance. What's up, beautiful people? Welcome back to another episode of WTF, your favorite money podcast. I'm here with the amazing one and only Priceless Tay, Taylor Price, myself, Teddy Rosarian, and a special guest. So let's just jump right into it and let's meet our guest so that way you can relate to him, learn from him, and of course, for you to have more money in your pockets at the end of this podcast. So, Evans, let's hear about you, where you're from, your age, what you do in life. And obviously, if you share online, if like where our listeners can find you. Well, thank you, Tidia. This is a, this is a really, also in today as well, this is really important for me to be on this podcast since I've been watching it for quite some time on YouTube and been talking to you for the past, I would say, year or so, year or so, matter of fact. Wow. My, yeah. Tidia was actually like my first like, real friend in like the personal finance space on like Instagram and YouTube. So I've been talking to her every now and then just trying to just help That's build amazing. my own amazing. <laughs> Important to network. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> network yeah. But, uh, my name is Evans Raymond. I am 23 years old from Long Island, New York. I currently work in the IT field at my college I graduated in in 2020. And my Instagram page is it's Vance underscore investing where I talk to Many people in the community about learning how to do things involving money, such as investing, budgeting, and or spending. I'm sorry, Ooh, saving. I am spending. so <laughs> interested. I am so interested. So it seems like you probably have like a good full year in of understanding, like getting to crack Tadia's, you know, brains about personal finance tips and tricks. So let's get right into that. Like tell us growing up where it was money, something talked in your household, if you feel comfortable, of course, like you don't have to answer any questions that we're, you know. No issue. So in terms of like my, like my upbringing and stuff like that, mm -hmm. money wasn't really like a taboo thing that we would talk about in our family. We, I'm come from a pretty middle-class family in New York. Mm -hmm. You know, my mom works as a registered nurse for NYU. My dad works for the education system. So we never really had like an issue talking about money, but money was something that was always stress in our household. Mm -hmm. Like I remember like my youngest memory of anything involving money were to coming home from like high school, uh, getting on the school bus, coming back home. And as soon as I open the door, I hear my mom listening to Jim Cramer and Mad Money on the, on the wow. television every day. Yep. And I don't know who that is, but <laughs> he's a guy in the U.S. He's a guy in the U.S. that uh, he's on CNBC and he like talks very like energetic and yes. mad, literally mad money as in like mad, like crazy. Mm. Um, and he's like very well known in the States. Oh yeah. Yeah. He's a, he's a very um like CNBC, like personality and analyst mm. and stuff like mm -hmm. that. So anytime I would come home from school, like my mom would be sitting down with her notebook and listening to Jim Cramer and CNBC taking notes on like uh, stock earnings coming soon or stocks to look out for and stuff like that. So my love of stocks and stuff like that come from, like my mom being so interested in, in them. Wow. Okay, that's, wait, pause. Your mom is interested about stocks and stuff and she was learning about it when you were a kid, a child, or whatever. Like four, 14, anything anything past 18, I don't, I'll, I'll, say, I'll say kid or whatever young adult term you want to call it. Wow, super mom. And now does she, does she invest herself? 
Yes, actually, it's to the point now where uh, my good mornings from my mom are followed by, what do you think about so-and-so stock or what about <laughs> so-and-so earning at this point? Wow. Like, that's that become is our, an that's, awesome family dynamic. I wish I had that. That's really yeah, cool. That's become, yeah. that's become our morning routine at this point. Your mom is definitely like what we called an outcast because like, I don't want to judge or anything, but for a nurse to want to like, they don't even have time. Like it's such a awesome job and like I admire them so much but for a nurse to like want to like want other things and um learn other things and keep herself interested with having kids and stuff that's amazing I know like a lot of people right now want to learn investing but like back then learning investing when you were 14 it's really like was being an outcast <laughs> for sure yeah actually strange enough I think it was my senior year of high school I was taking a macroeconomics class and our professor gave us like a fake, um, like fake chart. Like he said, list five stocks that you want to like and follow in the stock market and whatnot. I forgot what I picked. I think I picked like Apple, Nike, Netflix, back when these companies were like extremely cheap where they are now. And we would have to follow them all like weekly, like see like what they closed at, what they opened at and stuff like that. And the potential money I saw I could have made if I actually had like the money to invest in these companies. I was like, wow, this is kind of a, it's kind of interesting to learn about stuff like that. And then of course my mom. Being, yeah. But of course That's my, really my mom. Being, um, yeah. I, I don't know. <laughs> it's, it's like. We're yeah, stuck to like um, learn stocks in school. Me and Taylor, we always think, well, we know like obviously some teachers have the liberty to do whatever they want, but in general people don't learn that in school. So that's really cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's quite the opportunity to have. Um, okay. I've, I, I heard you said something else that I want to point out when you said, if I had invested at the right time, like I know, like me too, sometimes I do think that, especially with crypto, but moving forward, I just want you to know that there's plenty of opportunities coming in for a lifetime of opportunities. So no worries about the past. <laughs> Yeah, don't have to worry about that now. Awesome. All right. So how did you get started, you know, being interested about money? Clearly, you said your mom and school, but do you have like a personal finance story where you had maybe debts or you just wanted to save or? Uh, in terms of a story, like I'll, I'll stress again, like my mom was like my whole like financial, like financial upbringing in ter terms of like understanding how to budget properly, understanding how to, you know, use money well and, you know, how to make sure your spending is low and stuff like that and keep track of your money. So that all comes from my mom. My dad is not really the biggest spender. He's more of like the yard sale kind of guy. He'll try to find like deals and stuff like that. But in terms of like a story, the only thing I can really remember as of right now is that back in, I think it was my sophomore year of high school, not sorry, sophomore year of college, and it was like that time of the year where I didn't really know if I wanted to continue um, going to school or not. It was either I was going to drop out and, you know, try to find some sort of different career path or I was going to continue going to school. And I took out loans to go to college, by the way. And I told myself one of two things. I better federal. It was uh, federal student loans. Yeah. Okay. Unsubsidized. Mm -hmm. And I remember I told I was in my room. This was, I think, right around like Christmas time. And I told myself one thing. I told myself I was either going to graduate college with no debt, like pay off all my debt for college, 
or I was going to take whatever money I had at that time, which I think was like maybe like just under $10,000 and start a business or do something with it. And I chose the former, which was to graduate college with all my debts paid off by the time I finished school. Wow. Wow. Same thing. Same reaction. Wow. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Walk us through that process. Cause we have a lot of listeners who are in school who have taken out mostly federal student loans who want to know how to pay it off, how to budget, how to invest on that end. So can you like walk us through the process of how you were able to pay them off um, in a matter of what, four years for a bachelor's or? Yeah, four years for the bachelor's, regular mm -hmm. bachelor's. So for me, it came down to like trying to find out how much my loans were each year, right? Because mm -hmm. a lot of people think that like FAFSA is your student loan company, but it's not. FAFSA is just the middleman between you and the loan company. Like my loan company was Cornerstone Loans in like Salt Lake, Utah. And then they switched over to Fed Loans, I think sometime last year. So mm -hmm. it comes down to finding out how much money you're spending in loans every single, every single year. So for me, that total, I think after, I'm sorry, before interest, it was around, I think $22,000 or something like that. I can't remember the exact mm -hmm. amount. So I, I found out through letters that they had sent and through emails, I say, okay, I'm spending about five to $6,000 a year in terms of student loans, trying to get those out the way. So with my budget, because I had a job during college, which is a very important thing if you can find a job, no matter what kind of job it mm -hmm. is, get a job in college. Was it on and campus? No, it was off campus. I worked for a grocery retail that was like my best friend's dad's place. So I, I was working mm -hmm. there and it kind of just became like a routine of just like, I just wanted to save up every part of my, every, every percentage of my paycheck and just put aside towards student loans, put aside towards saving and put aside towards like miscellaneous stuff like food or if I ever were to go out or stuff like that. So I started building wow. up that habit of just saving money on the side. I followed many different um, like saving plans and budget plans. If you follow me on my Instagram page or if you've seen my story recently, I actually posted like a wall of budget plans that I had in my room of like literally just taped together, put onto my wall of like saving $5,000 in a year, $10,000 in a year, 2000 stuff like that. So I was just following plans like that, just trying to just stay consistent with those. And I remember it was like my 21st birthday I was upstate and I paid off half of my student loans for my 21st birthday, which was like $15,000 or so, $16,000 actually. Wow. Would you, would you say that, I think something that stuck out to me was like putting those numbers on the wall and like making sure that like you can actually see them visually, um, yes. right? So like, would you say that had like a large impact? Cause I know like for myself, this is one of the budgeting mistakes like I made when I was younger was that. I just tried to keep everything in my head and then I just like forgot about it and I didn't do anything, but writing it down seemed to help me. And was that the case for you? Absolutely. Like for me, like, especially with like some books I've been reading lately is like being able to see the goal, mm -hmm. like physically, not even just like Visualize. A seeing the goal in front of you. That helps to like, it helps you to make your decisions throughout your day a whole lot easier. Like for me, like if I know payday is coming and I see that goal, like, you know, trying to pay off that loan, I already know I got to take out some money first before I start spending on anything else. Mm -hmm. And then during the journey as well, I started learning a little bit more about spreadsheets, which was very scary at first, but now I'm basically <laughs> having a spreadsheet for almost every single thing in my life at this point. So 
Yeah. It sounds like a lot like manifesting. Yes, manifesting. Yes. If you've read um, Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill, it talks about everything about manifesting and stuff like that. Yes. Yes, that book is absolutely fantastic. One of like the three or four books that I've read thus far that's just about just manifesting goals in general. That's really helped me out during Super like, pivotal. Much in college. Absolutely. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I say that it's super important, like not even just getting getting straight into investing or skate, getting straight into budgeting, but having that like mindset, money mindset that Tady and I talk about on the podcast all the time and Think and Grow Rich is one of the great books that listeners listening today uh, should definitely go ahead and check out. Um, but anyway, let's get into your investing story. So tell us like when you really started to invest yourself and what are some strategies that you personally like today? So I started investing in, I made my first Robinhood account in December of 2019. So going right into 2020, I would have assumed knowing now what have happened a year later would have been a great time to start investing a little bit heavier into the market. But mm-hmm. during that time, I didn't invest as much as I uh should have now known what it, what's, no, what's, uh, what's going on now. I invested starting off with maybe like $100 every single week just to so kind of just like, you know, cements like a good uh, plan in terms of just putting money into a brokerage account. My investment style is more so like into dividends and passive income. I own many um, dividend paying companies. I also have a small growth portfolio as well that I started maybe about six or eight months ago. And I also started my Roth IRA, which I'm close to maxing out in the next couple of weeks. <laughs> Yes. And uh, yeah, who, so who taught you all this stuff? Like, you know, we know that you said investing, you did a little things like here and there in high school, but I don't think you went into it like fully. What what are some resources specifically helped you within investing? So I know people want to like hear of like a certain person, but honestly it was just YouTube. It literally just Mm -hmm. going on like the finance part of YouTube. Like yep. Graham, like like the usual, like Graham Stephan, mm-hmm. Jeremy. The usual, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, like uh, Andre Jick was someone who got yep. me into, yep. into yeah. Robin Hood and dividends and stuff like that. So shout out to him. Uh, and some other creators I've met along the way, uh, Trevor Hassling, he's a good guy I've listened to. Mm-hmm. Tidia, obviously, <laughs> uh, when I'm watching her English videos and trying to remember what <laughs> my French language. Agreed. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Matthew Hua was around, shout out to Matthew. But yeah, Q makes it happen. Shout out to Q. Like a whole bunch of like, just like the entirety of like the finance part of of YouTube really helped me to focus on like my, just on like my money goals in general. Me also making my Instagram page because my Instagram page isn't like my main page. I had to make a separate page for my Instagram. And the reason I did that was to kind of stay focused on my goals because my old Instagram page had like a bunch of, um, like meme pages and like high mm-hmm. school stuff and like world star here and there, stuff like that. Stuff, stuff mm-hmm. that was like distracting me from my goals. But on my current page I have now, every post I see is about someone achieving something, whether it's paying off their debt, whether it's reaching a new net worth milestone, whether it's getting a new job, stuff like that. So keeping my focus consistently on like money and entrepreneurship related things really helped me to kind of like get to the point oh, where yeah. I am right, right now. For sure. It's like the documentary on, on Netflix, Social Dilemma, I think. It just tells you basically that like you you tell the algorithm 
the algorithm what you want to see and the algorithm gives you what you want to see if you look at um only influencers that's what you're going to get or if you look at powerful stuff quotes a business related quotes that's what you're going to get so i like that you built that instagram page to be like so empowering for you it's the same for me like my personal page it's like only cute girls kylie jenner and stuff and my instagram my main instagram finance page like if i go on the explore page it's just like empowering stuff entrepreneur stuff gets it gets me on the mindset and you've mentioned something really cool and i think it's called the shared economy uh, i don't know like this economy like where we all share something together like airbnb and stuff like that do you know what it's called yeah uh, gig economy it's not gig, gig economy. economy that economy essentially where right. we're, we're going right now where we just learn and you know uses each other's skills um to to survive like uber eats and uber it's essentially that a normal person just like helping another normal person and a normal person renting out their house for a, no a normal person like no big hotels no big financial gurus it's just like regular people just sharing with each other and i think it's a really cool economy yeah yeah <laughs> I, I agree. I, I agree. Sorry. No, no. I mean, I, I agree with that whole entirely because at this point, like, I wouldn't be at the point I am now in terms of finances if it wasn't for other individuals sharing how they did it, right? Like, if Andre Jick never really like pushed out Robert, I probably would, never would have been on Robert. If Graham Stephan wasn't pushing out real estates and credit cards, I would have no interest in doing those things whatsoever. So it's the fact that like I'm keeping my circle very focused on like what, what my goals are oriented towards so that that mm -hmm. for anyone who wants to become like i don't want to say i'm successful I'm, I'm i'm only like 23 and i'm still doing stuff but for anyone who wants to like have some sort of goal and to be focused on that goal itself try to make like a second instagram page or try to make like something that's oriented towards what you want to do what you want to see on a daily basis I haven't touched my main yes. Instagram. Yeah. I haven't touched my main Instagram page in like in probably like six to eight months. I think the last time I did was just, just to see if I my password was the same as before. Like I have no <laughs> need. I, like for real. I have no need to go on that page anymore because all that there's nothing there on that page that's going to help me towards the future at this point. And I have some people from my old page who follow me on my new page and some people who don't, and that's fine. Because mm -hmm. right now, that this page I'm on now is just strictly just for pushing me forward towards the things that I want to like. I want to work for. That's it's holding you accountable. Yes, hundred percent. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. um, what is one thing that you can share with our viewers or listeners right now? That's like the best piece of financial advice that you've ever received or used for yourself. The best piece of financial advice would be to start learning how to invest as early as possible and it's okay to save your money but don't limit yourself by saving so mm. so That's i really was good. like <laughs> so during college i was a extreme saver i had about two or three jobs at a time working 20 to like 30 hours a week and i was saving a whole bunch of money because I live a very minimalist lifestyle. I, I don't buy the newest things. I pretty much hold and maintain what I have until it breaks or whatever happens to it. So 
when I was, when I paid off my student loans, when I was 21, I paid off half. I had about, I think I'll say like $23,000, $24,000 at that point, just from saving. Had I started when I was in college taking like 10% of my money and putting it towards like investments or index funds or ETFs, I, the, the gains I would have had at this point would have been like tremendous or it would have been mm-hmm. exceptional at this point, especially because I already would have been exposed to the investment process, how stocks work, how to be okay when stocks fall, how to buy into the dips and whatnot. Then once COVID would have came and once the, you know, the pandemic happened and the stock market was going extremely like, like terrible, I would have been, yeah, conditioned yeah. At that, I would have been conditioned at that point to then buy into those dips a little bit more and be okay with this volatility and whatnot. And then the gains I would have had a year later from there would have been, you know, a lot better than what I would have now, just per se. But yeah, that would probably be the best advice to give is just to learn how to invest early, like start learning how to take some money out of your paycheck or however you get paid and putting it aside to learn how to invest with. That's probably like my best sort of advice to give. That is the, I think, most amazing advice I think you can give, especially for young individuals like interested in getting into the stock market, but maybe their parents had a really bad like outlook on the stock market because of the recessions that have been in the past. But overall, you have to think the stock market returns an average of eight to 12% per year. So it really does add up over time. Like Evan said, if you know, he started investing a few years back, he would have not only had like amazing gains now, but if he would have had like the mindset and understanding of, okay, if the market's dropping, this is what I'm doing. If the market's going up, this is what I'm doing and having that set plan. Um, I love that. Yeah. Especially the part where you mentioned that some people like to, well, think they they're good with money because they saved money they are that's amazing that's another you saved thing. money mm-hmm. like congratulations but your money's still sleeping at the bank like i totally understand that it's important to still have money at the bank emergency funds and stuff i'm so pro for it but at some point like how long can you leave like a lot of money just sleeping at the bank just so you know the bank is gonna take your money and make more money uh-huh. with it and you don't even know, like, it's not like even your money at this point. If you go to the bank, like, I'm guessing you guys know this. If you, if we all go to the bank at the same time, the bank won't even have the money to give us all our money. So yes. And they'll give you back some crumbs. You guys know I'm so pro DIY investing, but yes. So remember what Evan said, so important to be open about investing. Yeah. <laughs> um, Okay, so Evans, it was so fun having you here, but I want to ask you some questions, this or rapid that. fire. Yes, okay. let's see if I have some questions for you. Um, okay, let's say you want to start a side hustle. You have the choice between doing something in the gig economy or online store like drop shipping. Which one do you do? Quick answer. Ironically enough, I did start doing DoorDash as of last week. So I've been doing it for about three weeks now, and I've been doing pretty well with it. I can't complain as of yet with it. I would like to learn how to do the e-commerce space because that's a little bit more passive. But uh, yeah, for now, I guess I have to pick DoorDash by default or a gig economy by default. Yes. How's it been going for you, DoorDash, for our audience in case they're interested? 
So as of right now, I've pretty much um, doubled my monthly income, even after expenses from doing that. So I make about two grand a month before gig economy, after gig economy, I'm, I'm projected to make about maybe 38, give or take. And the rest of that money I have, I'm using that to invest with. So that's just another vehicle for me to invest more money into the market and wow. put it into smart places. So you have a full-time job and you do this on the side and your page. People are so inspiring, honestly. <laughs> One last question for you, Evans. Let's say you have $500. What do you want to do with it? Let's say choice number one, you find a stock to invest in or choice number two, you buy some crypto. I am definitely going to have to go with investing into cryptocurrency as that seems to be the one uh, asset that I'm really looking towards trying to get more knowledge of into. Right now, I do. It's like it's, it's weird with crypto because I'm trying to understand all everything about blockchains and what's a good asset, what's a good coin to buy, what's not a good coin to buy, the fundamentals of it. But with everything going on, like with Dogecoin and everything like that, it's, it's, it's getting quite confusing for me to learn about. But crypto would definitely be like the next choice for me right now to start a small position in my portfolio. It's definitely hard because of FOMO right now. Like my friends are like, oh, I, I just made 10K or oh, um, my account is now at 45K. And I'm just like, oh my God, I just want to do it too. But I'm like, okay, take a step back to the end. Don't, don't, don't just do it for FOMO. So I want to do it, but for my personal reason, that's why like I'm taking my time. But if you guys are listening to this, watch out for FOMO, definitely. <laughs> Fear of missing out. All right. That's a wrap for today's episode. Thank you guys so much for being with us. Um, and Evans, obviously, thank you so much for your time and joining us on WTF podcast. So Evans, if you could just tell us again um, where we can find you and what your page is all about. Yeah, no problem. You can find me on my Instagram page, it's Vance underscore investing, and also on my YouTube page, it's Vance investing talk about budgeting right now we're about to start at the one thousand dollars three months challenge starting tomorrow friday august august <laughs> april 23rd so if you're following me by the time you hear this i might be already into the challenge but you guys are free to join that as well thank you thank you so much we'll see you guys next thursday bye guys You've been listening to WTF, What the Finance, with the one and only Teddy Rosarian. And last but not least, Taylor Price. Make sure to receive all of the updates on WTF by texting WTF to 424-226-5797. Message and rates may apply.